All right, everybody. Welcome back to Difficult Conversations by Supply of the Why. So we're doing something a little bit different tonight because our guest is none other than pro MMA fighter Don Shameless Shanus. How you doing, Don? Doing great, Dean. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic. And I want to thank you because the reason why we are pre-recording this episode is because Don has a life-changing opportunity that he he just couldn't pass up. So Monday is not an option. And we, you know, he wanted to be in a man of honor like he is. He wanted to, to keep his commitment to come on the show and talk a little bit about um, perseverance and goal setting with you. So he said, you know what, hey, let's get together uh, earlier and let's record it. And I said, that's great. I'll play it on Monday so everybody gets their difficult conversation fix. So we're going to kick off the new year by talking about, like I said, goal setting and perseverance. So, Don, tell us a little bit about what – can you talk? tell us about the opportunity that popped up that yeah. you had? So I don't want to say too much, but uh, I'm moving. Um, so right now I live, uh, grew up in Easton. I, uh, I moved to Plymouth to uh, take, let my career kind of take off. So what, what I ended up doing was me being a professional fighter, realizing like I wanted to make the most out of an opportunity. I knew that there was a lot of fights hosted in Plymouth. And uh, I also knew that there was no one from Plymouth fighting in these events. So I'm like, how can I get more of an audience from that own town to get excited about something happening there that they might not even know about. So I moved to Plymouth. I found a bartending job where I worked nights so I could train full time. And um, so I decided recently, uh, you know, with everything in the pandemic and how the shutdown's going, that I need to leave uh, because there's no fights in Plymouth anymore. Uh, not for the unforeseeable future until things start changing uh as far as regulation wise and you know what i'm not going to fight the government uh but i am going to adapt and, and change because my goals haven't that's that's amazing so what what are your goals for people that don't know you obviously yeah. I know you well and i'll go into the how we know each other but what okay. is your goal where are you looking to go i'm looking to fight in the ufc um i've fought for other international organizations i fought for bellator uh, I have nine professional fights. I hold a record of seven and two. Uh, I've gotten the call to the UFC. Uh, unfortunately, through this whole pandemic, it was very, very short notice, and I wasn't in a place where I can make weight on quite a few days. But with that being said, I know I'm going to continue to get these opportunities. I have an awesome manager, awesome head coach, and uh, awesome coaching, and I've got a ton of crazy support around me, you know, from the people from my hometown to the places I grew up, the places I've worked to my new hometown in Plymouth. So I'm taking all that support and I'm going elsewhere. That that's, that's amazing. So yeah. what's the nexus between us? Anybody can, can look and see that there's an age significant age difference between the two of us. Um, I'd like to think that I still look youthful, but not so much with all the white hair in my beard. So hey, I'm, I'm catching up, Dean. I'm catching up. I, I might not have too much white in my, my beard, but uh, I feel like I still pass for being young. Well, well, let me put a little, uh, add a little context to to the relationship. So I met you in the summer of 2009 when I first started training in martial arts. I had no mm -hmm. background. I had, um, I'd never, I'd never really done any significant martial arts training before, and I was at what I would call a traditional like boxing MMA gym uh, called Bishops. Great, yeah. great owner, a lot of great people. And I'm training on a Saturday morning, and I've been there for a month, so 
I think I'm a tough guy now. You know what I mean? I've been there for a month and, you know, I, I know a thing or two. I have a fact. There's nothing more dangerous than an idiot with a fact, right? Well, I was at <laughs> one fact. Plenty of those. So I felt like I, you know, like I was starting to get somewhere. So I see this young kid walk in, college kid. He's got a college T-shirt on and, and he's, you know, he's doing all this crazy stuff. He's doing all these push-ups and burpees and all this craziness. And now it's our time to what they call roll, which is essentially that sparring in jujitsu. That's when you actually are practicing like a, it's some people call it murder yoga, where you're practicing, yeah, yeah. Like practicing chokes and joint locks, and, you know, and all kinds of craziness. So, you know, I lock eyes with this guy and we say, you know, so yeah, we agree to, you know, to do a round together, a three minute round. And this guy kills me. I mean, I'm coming out and I'm I'm getting ready to puke and all in a three-minute round. Like you had no idea how long a three-minute round can last when you're with somebody that you are completely outclassed by. Hey, and that person was Dawn. And hey, it was so bad that I went home and told my my then um girlfriend, now wife, that hey, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I'm 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 gonna quit. I mean, this guy killed me and really like ruined my self-esteem and my wife said well why don't you think about it and you know and maybe maybe you should go back don't you don't want to end like that and and showing sure up she was right but what you really did for me was you gave me an opportunity to be on the wrong end of a physical confrontation without being in any real danger and i grew to to really appreciate that because now when i teach defensive tactics and things like that to police officers i talk about that day and how important that day because the first time you lose a fight or you're on the wrong end of a physical confrontation, you don't want it to be the real thing. So that's what Dawn did for me uh, back in 2009. So thank you, Dawn. I, I like to think that you saved my life and you've helped me make it home safe um, after my shifts because of the hard times you gave me in those, in those circumstances. What I, what I've, what I see a lot is, you know, a lot of people in that situation and, and for everyone that doesn't like, can't tell on camera, Dean's what? Six foot, 200, Dean, what do you weigh? Two, 250. I'm five, six. At the time I was like maybe a buck 85. Right now I walk around to like 170. So there, there's a substantial size difference there. And, and it's a very humbling experience. And uh, I was 280 back then. I was oh, heavier then. Yeah. So, so the gap's even bigger. But uh, it, the weight's really irrelevant. You you could just generally tell there's a huge size. Can't really do that on camera. But uh, what happened right there, Dean, was what we were kind of talking about earlier before we went on camera. Like, you had to look yourself in the mirror and make a decision. And and that's exactly the, the predicaments you end up finding yourself in while you're dream chasing. You know what I mean? So, I'm glad you went down that road. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask you. So, well, I got to tell the people out there a little bit about mm -hmm. you. So, Don, your record is what? Seven and two professional? Yeah, seven and two is a pro. So, you're seven and two is a pro, mm -hmm. but something happened. Something like catastrophic happened a little while back. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so a quick little rundown. My career has had roller coasters. Uh, I'll give you the spark notes. Undefeated amateur, dealing with the struggles of college, my parents not understanding what I wanted to do, not completely supporting it at first, to being undefeated, being an amateur champion, to building all this momentum to make a professional debut. I lose the pro debut because of something out of my control. I get cut. The doctor stops it. The cut was right on my eye. 
So they're like, you could go blind, da, 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 da. All right, I get it. That was 17 seconds. I was being fine. Had to look myself in the mirror there. But that's not what you're talking about, Dean. So then I come back and I have three fights. I win all three of them, one by knockout, one by decision, one by submission. All right, so now I'm three and one, and I have this really big false sense of confidence. And um, I take a fight outside my weight class on short notice, uh, and I thought I was going to walk through this guy. And uh, I didn't know how injured I was going into the fight. I fought 15 minutes, and I broke my neck. And I lost that fight 29-28, but in doing so – you know, you eat that humble pie and you look back in that mirror and, you know, you, you got to decide like. You, wait a minute. You can't just gloss over. I broke my neck and then just. Keep oh, moving. yeah. Okay, so, so you broke your neck in the fight. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so it, this was a trip. This was like such a surreal experience. So I've never been in more pain in my life. But my poker face is my poker face. Right. So. I'm going into the fight kind of injured. I've been having like uh, my neck's been sore. I was seeing the chiropractor like two times a week um, for the, like the three weeks going into it. And like the training going into that fight was more about making weight and like just showing up because there was a weight class above. So I didn't have to kill myself. So I could kind of tone down training to a place where I could move at like 40, 50 percent, but still make weight and perform good. But when I the very initial beginning of the fight, I redlined my body. Okay. And I'm not fighting them. What does red line mean to those who aren't from red line means like, okay. So like, um, how to, if, if you're an airplane, right. You can only do so many G forces worth of maneuvers before the person passes out. I'm flirting with that line of maxing out my body to my physical potential. Right. So in a fight, it's very much do or die. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Like, it's going to sound a little messed up me saying this, but it's very much I'm trying to kill you before you kill me. And by kill you, I'm dead serious. I'm trying to kill you. And there's someone there to stop it. I'm not a bad person. You're not a bad person. we got some business to take care of. It's not even anything personal. But I have bad intentions, and I'm trying to shave years off your life. Uh, that's the mindset I take into it. Okay? And um, So when you, know, you broke your <laughs> Yeah, so – the very beginning of the fight, I start off hot. I make a mistake. I would pursue. I'm in a bad position. But now I'm in pain. He has my back. I'm fighting off chokes. And, uh, you know, it like the first round ends. And I get up after sinking in a rear naked, uh, excuse me, not a rear naked choke, a guillotine. That, that's in deep. And I, I just can't get my arm over where I, it's supposed to. So he the, he's saved by the bell initially. The in the first round, but I'm in pain. And I, it felt like someone took a knife and stabbed me in the back, like right here on my shoulder blade. And like from the top of my head all the way down to the middle of my back, just felt like a line coming across. And then from this point where I felt like I got stabbed, it would run around right into my shoulder, down into my tricep and into my fingertips. Like right now, this feels different in each hand. Like my fingertips and the nerves still feel different. So what ended up happening was I shattered my vertebrae, uh, C7, which ruptured my disc in between C7 and C6. So I ruptured my disc, which pinched a nerve. So I, I had to make a decision right then and there at the end of the first round if I was going to tell my coach or not. Because if I tell my coach he has my best interest in, in heart, and he's going to make that decision for me. I didn't give him the option. I didn't tell him I was hurt. So I you couldn't fought, move my 
continued to fight is what you're telling yes. me. I I made it up in my mind that I'm not saying a a, a word to anyone about this, and I'm just gonna go out of my shield, and, and I'm gonna literally do or die. And because uh, if I tell my coach, hey, I can't move my arm, I don't know what's going on because I've lost the ability to move my arm, you know. So I'm I'm like trying to throw punches with it, but it's really just me like limp arming it, like me turning my body like a wood, but my arm just kind of flopping. There's no snap to it. it it wasn't pretty. It was super painful. So, so how did the, the second round, believe it or not, I actually win. How did the fight turn out? I'm sorry, that? I missed it. You froze for a little bit. So I, I lost the fight 29-28. I won one of the rounds, and it was yep. super back-and-forth battle. It was, it was an absolute back-and-forth battle. It's actually, like, the most proud moment of my career as far as, like, like stopping and not and and not listening like that internal voice in my head i was just shut up don't be a bitch shut up keep going push through this you're not a quitter because for me i a big part of what i do is i take everyone's energy right i invite every single person i know i get them excited i get them emotionally invested and i'm harnessing that energy as i make my walk out into the cage as the door shuts i'm scared but it is what it is. I'm going to feel the way I feel. I'm just going to fight. And, um, but that energy, that atmosphere, able to create one person you I was hurt. You could tell by the way my body was reacting because you, you stopped the ability to move your arm and you're still trying to move it. Your, your body's just not responding. It, it's nothing you can do. But it, it was a super back-and-forth battle. I lost the fight 29-28 outside my weight class on a short-notice fight. And uh, and I remember after the fight, I'm in so much pain. And I'm standing there, and I knew I lost the fight. And they raised his hand. I walk off into the back room. I collapse on the floor, and I just start screaming. Dean, I can't even describe to you how much pain I, this was. This, this was unbearable pain. They drive me to the hospital. They, they, like I'm on the ground, like like not convulsing, but like I don't even know the term for it. Where I'm in so much pain, my legs are like I'm not in control of my legs. I'm like rolling on the ground because I'm in so much damn pain that that I can't handle it. I'm screaming and and Dean, I, I've been hurt a lot. But we've trained together a lot. How many times have you heard me scream Never. like a child? Exactly. So, so what did the doctor tell you? So um, it took a little bit for me to actually get a doctor's appointment. I went to the, the hospital, boom, drugs, immediately, like instant drugs, okay? My, my, I didn't want to pay for an ambulance, so I had my dad drive me to the hospital. Um, but that was like an hour-long process, just getting to the car because I was in so much pain. Drives me to the hospital. They want to take me to Plymouth Hospital. My dad takes me to Boston, and uh, boom, drugs. The next four days, I don't get off my couch. I'm in the fetal position on my couch, on my side, just just high off these drugs that they gave me that just that numb the pain that like I was looking forward to falling asleep because I wasn't in pain when I was asleep. So you still don't know you have a broken neck is what you're telling me. Yeah. So so let's fast forward to the point where they tell you, you find out you got a broken neck. I'm angry. I'm angry. And the reason is I don't know if I can fight again. I'm I'm like. 
Have you have you ever seen um uh what's that Friday Night Lights where Booby Miles sure. hurts himself yeah. and he's like, "What you mean I can't play?" It, you know what I mean? Like, and all he wants to do is play, and they won't let him. And, and that's exactly the same scenario. Like, I'm yelling at the doctor because I'm like, "What's this mean?" Da 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 da. Like, this is this, and they're like, "Look." We want to get you a second opinion, but you'll never fight again. And I'm like, so they told you you'd never fight again. Yeah. So then I, so I'm going to go to, you had surgeries. Cause I remember this. You, you, yeah. you, I had, told me you I, had, I had surgery uh, a month later. Uh, I was so working what? with a broken neck. Like I was at the bar oh, working bartending for a month with a broken neck. So then so what was the recovery like? A lot of PT. Uh, so, so I have surgery. Good news is, is I think we lost you that you froze up a little bit. It was worse than what they thought. You there, Dean? You there? I'm there. You. So you said the good news was, so you froze up and what was the okay. good news about the surgery? Good news is I had one of the best doctors in the world for neck surgeries. Mm -hmm. He was able to have surgery and through PT recovery and a lot of time, um, I was able to fight again. So I remember having, what, it, huh? what does that mean? Like, uh, like a, a lot of time, a month, a week. Uh, so I, I was not cleared for exercise for like three months. I think, um, I wasn't cleared for contact for six months and I wasn't, uh, clear to fight for one week shy of a year. So let me let me explain this to you, right? So I have surgery, and a lot of people forget this. Or if I haven't seen a lot of people during this time period, they forget this. Um, what happened was they opened me up in the front, they removed my disc and all the bone fragments that shattered, removed that, put in a graph, fused it together. All right, so they put a plate there to keep the two um, discs together. Uh, not up, oh, you froze again when you're talking about the disc. Uh, vertebrae together. Mm -hmm. So, so um, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay, so the second I get cleared to exercise, my sister was supposed to run a half marathon, and she kind of like bailed on it. So, like, just to prove a point to her. I gained 40 pounds just not being able to exercise for three months. I gained 40 pounds. So I went from like 155 to 190, okay? I gained 40 pounds. The day I get cleared, I run a half marathon just to throw it in her face, right? I'm like, you should have ran that marathon. I did it. No training at all. Just got up, ran a half marathon on just my own. Matter. Just mind over matter. It was miserable. It took me like two hours and like seven minutes, which, which in shape I could blow by, I could blow by that two mile mark or two hour mark, but just to prove it to my sister and like make a point, she was super mad at me, but you know what? She's been banging out marathons, full marathons and like PRing every time she does it. So that, that one specific time, like she kind of pissed, but I did it to prove a point. So Don, cause let me, let me get down to it now because what I think people really can benefit from this on is talk about your goal setting process. Like, how did you stay motivated? Mm -hmm. How did you figure out 
like, yeah, hey, so, I want to get and, and And what was your process to get back? Okay, so my, my process was I told myself that I wasn't going to let this be my last fight. And in doing so, I might have been the only one that believed it. Dean, I don't know if you remember this, but I sounded like this. I had surgery. I sounded like Mickey Mouse for over a year. And um, yep. I had to own it. You know, there, there's no way around it. You know, I sounded like Mickey Mouse. I wheezed. I, I did all these things, but I refused to believe that I was done. And I was lying in the hospital bed the, the, the following day from surgery. And my coach is like, all right. And, and he, you know, he's been super supportive. You know, he even went to the follow-up doctor's appointments, like to ask my surgeon if I could fight again. I go, Eric, I'm not done. I'm not done. I will fight in the UFC. I'm not done. And and I've been so stubborn. And, you know, my doctor recommended that I don't fight again. He said I could, but he recommended that I never do it again. There's a higher risk of injury. I refuse to believe that there's anything that can stop me from accomplishing what I want to accomplish. And, and if you have that mindset, you cannot fail. There, so, there is no failure. So I got to ask you, you know, hearing this story, and the time of year this is, I mean, you know, it's it's just after New Year's. Yeah. What do you, what would be your advice to the casual workout person or the casual person that has fitness goals that wants mm -hmm. to lose a couple pounds but quits after a week or two? Well, it, it, it depends on their motivation. You know what I mean? How bad do you really want to achieve what your goals are? Now, if your goals are to lose 10 pounds, that's easy. You know, you want to lose 10 pounds, you can do that in two weeks but you want to keep that 10 pounds off. You know, it's, it's, it's more about creating a lifestyle where you're happy with yourself and, and constantly fulfilling your soul. Because let's say you lose that 10 pounds and you're miserable the whole time and you just want to eat cheeseburgers and go out and drink. Like, like you have to draw a line of what's more important. You know what I mean? Your goals or celebrating, what are you willing to sacrifice to, to achieve what you want to achieve. Like everyone uses new years for new year's resolutions to lose weight, to stop drinking, to quit smoking. Give that two weeks. Let's see who's, see who's looking back at you in the mirror. You know, you know, the, the mirror doesn't lie, Dean. The mirror <laughs> does not lie when you're looking at your reflection. Well, that's, that's why I kind of got a hate, hate thing going on with mirrors. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Oh, yeah. man. So, so go on. When it, yes. No, go on, go on, keep going. Oh, so, so when it comes to um, you know, achieving your goals, it doesn't matter what it, what what it is. You know, as long as you believe it, and you don't need to convince anyone. You know, how many people I prove wrong by just becoming a professional athlete. You know, like 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 Dean. Remember ten years ago when I said, "Hey, I want to be a professional athlete." I remember that. I told you having no fights. I want to be a professional athlete. You're like, all right, kid. <laughs> like, like, I was, I was, I remember being. Like, everybody says that. Like everybody yeah. who comes through the doors of this gym says they want to fight in the UFC and they want to do this and that and the other thing. And that that that's common to hear people say that. Yeah, well, I haven't finished reaching my goals yet, so I can't stop now. You know, and I and I refuse to. Even that means I need to move to a different state to train with guys in a, in a more open state where they're 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 where there's less restrictions and there's more opportunities. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm about to drop everything in my life, Dean, right now to make a move to where 
I can train full time like I was pre pandemic. You and know, you full time, like give me an idea, like how many hours a week are you in there? Okay, so me training full time out of camp twice a day, pretty much every day. You know, you might take a rest day if you're broken. You you, you might want to rest for two days, but you know, on a on a on even on a rest day, you're still getting a cardio workout in. You're still still doing a light session. You know, so I'm working out a morning session and a night session. Sometimes I might sneak in a third session in there. You know, I remember like when I'm in fight camp, I do three sessions. I do a morning session, a strength and conditioning session, then a night session. Then I go to work on Tuesdays, Thursdays. So me finding that bartending gig down in Plymouth, I met so many cool people, so many supportive people. But but it really worked out perfectly for my schedule because, you know, when everyone else is working that nine to five, guess what I'm doing? I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm How many hours in it, it depends. A session could be an hour. It could be 40 minutes. There's sometimes like during, especially during this pandemic, what I've noticed is like I drive an hour through traffic to, or an hour and a half to traffic to get like a 45 minute session, like wanting to train more. And the guys like aren't like in shape, you know, to drive another hour and a half back. So I'm like driving three hours to get a 45 minute session just because there's people there, you know? You know, and that's it. Not, 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 not at all gyms. And there's a lot of different motivations and, and, and like 45 minutes for me. All right. I just started, like, I finally feel loose. I feel warm. I feel ready. I'm, I'm good to go. But 45 minutes for a normal person doing what I'm doing. Like, they're like, all right. Like I'm spent. I'm exhausted. I, I, dude, I did good today. You know what I mean? So it's like that 45 minute window where it's like, all right, now I feel like I can fire. My body's working the way it wants and all these little movements and, and thoughts and my, my, my flow state is finally at that point. But, you know, it's funny because, like, there's other days where it's like all I do is train. So it, it's it's one of those things where you have to balance in a proper sleep schedule and I end up sleeping in. And so it's like a normal training session, you know, it, you're What's looking your at it. So, huh? so as far as that, so what is your message as far as setting – Short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. Like, how would you, you know, and, you know, just really quickly, just kind of sum up how you, what your, your thought process is and your message okay. if you want to set those goals. Okay, so, like, for me, uh, what I like to do, uh, or what I've done was I said to myself, um, or I'll look myself in the mirror, I'll, I'll, I'll constantly tell myself, I'm going to do this. I remember when I was in high school, I, I saw as a freshman, the captains for football. Right. And I'm like, I want that. So I became the hardest worker. I wasn't the most athletic, but I became the hardest worker there and hard work triumphs all every day, every day, every day, just showed up every day, little by little, step by step, inch by inch, brick by brick, whatever you, you want to call it. You, you know what I mean? Whatever metaphor you want to use, I out grinded everyone till I was football captain. I accidentally became a wrestling captain. I thought I was going to play football in college. I ended up playing a year, but like I was way better at wrestling than I was at football, you know? So fighting just came naturally to me. And, and like, and then through that, it's like learning how to box, super unnatural, learn how to grapple versus jujitsu. So all these unnatural things, like I just kept evolving and, and not giving up and just keep grinding and grinding and grinding. Yes, you have that long-term goal. My long-term goal ever since I started watching the UFC wrestling in my basement 
getting rug burned from the rug in my parents' basement, putting butt through <laughs> butts through walls on accident, just trying to take someone down. Like from there to finding a gym, to learning how to punch someone, to all right, shit, I can take someone down and I can punch them. How do I kick? How not to get kicked? How to do things right? How to have enough wind to do it? And, and oh wait, there's diet involved. This is way more time consuming. Oh, time out. Wait, I'm not getting paid. How do I get paid while doing all the things I need to do to stay on top of it? It's it's a constant grind. So what would and, you and, in, in like 50 words? What would you tell somebody that's that's looking to set goals? I'll sum it up in three. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself because no one else will. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. If you truly believe in you, you wouldn't believe the support you get. Believe in yourself. That's it. Just believe in yourself. Because you don't need to convince anyone. You can prove people wrong. But if you believe in yourself, that energy is contagious. If you don't accept no for an answer, I'm not someone to accept no for an answer. I don't care what it is. If I want something, like, Dean, hear me out on this. This just, just this concept, right? There, there's nothing you can't learn, right? You got about 30 seconds. We've, this has been 29 minutes already. Oh, wow. Wow. I could keep going, man. Hey, look, there's nothing you can't learn. If you want to be an astronaut you'll be, I'd be amongst the stars. It, it doesn't matter what you want. Just go out and do it. That's awesome. Don, really quick. Thank yes. you so much for taking time to do this. When you got this big move ahead of you, like literally you're going to be moving all weekend. I, I moved everything out of my apartment today. Yeah. How can people follow you? Where can people find you on social media? Social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook are my two big platforms. I'm not so much on Twitter, but uh, my nickname is Shameless. I tend to do things a little weird and, and rowdy. So uh, Shameless underscore Dawn on Instagram and Shameless Dawn Shaneus on Facebook. Thank you so much, Dean. Hey, I, I'm so happy to be a part of this. Well, you know, you know, I love you and I think the world of you. And, and I know that you are so close and I know that this move is going to work out great for you. And um. As I'm going to miss seeing you around and have you around, but I, I, I know that it's going to work out great for you, man. Hey, Dean, I'm, I'm going out there with, with an idea and a semi-plan, and, and I'm going to figure it out the way. Just going to figure it out. Well, I'm proud of you. And um, like I said, don't stop. You're, you're so close. You're going to be there. And uh, I can't wait to, to root you on when I'm watching you on TV. I appreciate that, Dean. You have no idea. All right, brother. I'll be in touch. Happy New Year to you. And again, everybody, yeah, same to you. thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube. We're now on LinkedIn, Supply the Why, also on podcast form in Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So check us out. 2021 is going to be big. Everybody have a awesome. great night. Hashtag Supply the Why. Thank you, Dean.